morning. Happy Mother's Day. Have you come to bless the Lord? Have you come to bless the Lord? Let's stand together. Give Him glory today, church. Let's sing to the Lord. Well, now let's give Him the glory. Give Him praise. Give Him the glory. Oh, let's give Him today. So good to see. Lord, I'm bringing my Bible like I'm about to preach. I better calm down. It's not time yet. Oh, y'all are in for something today. All right. I got a few announcements that I'm going to make, and then we're going to draw. If you are a mother in this house, and you have not received a little ticket, I need you to raise your hand really, really quick. Everybody's good. There's one in the back there, Byron. One in the back. All right. 
Byron, if you got if you got a couple people here, buddy. There's about three people there. Just keep your hand raised. Byron, Brother Byron's coming around, and he is going to make sure that you have the tickets that you need before we start that drawing. So in the meantime, I'm going to make just a just a few quick announcements. Today, as a fundraiser for Women's Ministries, uh, they're going to be selling raffle tickets. These are going to be blue instead of yellow. The ones you ladies are getting are yellow. So the, the cakes will be blue. They're going to be selling those tickets for $1 each. The first cake drawing will be next Sunday, and it will be a red velvet cake baked by my mother-in-law, Donna Johnson. I speak from experience when I tell you you should buy a minimum of 10 tickets, minimum. This cake should go for at least $200. And I'm serious, and y'all are laughing. I'm dead serious. All right. Gap Widow's Meeting will be May 23rd. Going to be going to Byron and Rita Duncan's house for a cookout. That's going to be a blast. You'll meet here at the church on May 23rd at 1145. Lots of games, lots of fun. They got a swimming pool. If you, one of you want to be brave and dive in. Hot dogs, hamburgers, water and lemonade, Bible study, devotion. It's going to be a great, great day. You do not want to miss it. Benny, it is so good to see you with us today. Benny's been struggling with some cancer, some bad news. We're going to pray for you today too, sir, that God would touch your body. Can we give Benny a hand? Thank you for coming today, Benny. I know it was a struggle for you to be here today. We support you. We're praying for you. And we're believing God with you for a miracle. Has all my ladies got their tickets? Because I'm about to do a drawing. I get so excited about this stuff. I love giving away gifts. It's like one of the best parts of my job. All right, I'm going to need the bucket. Let's do it. Let's do it. Bryce, you can help me out. Grab that bucket from Byron there, and let's do this drawing together. I have different gifts here. A $50, this is cash. Everybody loves cash. Those are two $50 caches. In my experience, these are the first ones to go. But I'm just going to lay them. Well, probably easier for me to do this on the front section here. I'm going to lay them out on this side, ladies. I've got a Bath and Body Works. All these other gift cards are $25. Bath and Body Works, Starbucks, got an Amazon, got Ulta Beauty. That's right. TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Home Goods, Sierra, Home Sense, Olive Garden, Longhorn, Cheddar's, Yard House, Bahama Breeze, wherever that is, and Seasons 52. Never heard of it, but I'm sure it's a great place. Cracker Barrel. So there goes your gift cards, and we are going to draw. And just so somebody don't say I'm being prejudiced, I'm going to let you draw. Just in case. I have people in the crowd that have no. All right, I'm going to read your ticket number. It is 418. 329. 418, 329. 418, there she is. All right, just grab what you want there. All right, I'm going to take your ticket from you. Thank you, ma'am. There we go. And it matches. We good. All right, let's go again. And of course, the $50 is gone. This is for the $50 gift cash. Um, 418, 282. 418282. There we go. I'm glad Ann won. Ann is our children's ministry director. Her and David are in the in the gym right now. And they're just doing a great work out there. She went with the money. All right. <clears throat> if she never sees the money or 
you could exchange it with the $20 bill, mark out the 50, and yeah. All right. <laughs> all right, we are looking at ticket number 418 285. 418 285. 418. There we go. All right, let's bring it on down. All right. Next ticket I got is 418277. 418277. Get them an eating card. They love Cracker Barrels. <laughs> Who's coming? Good job, Sarah. That's our tre church treasurer. Congratulations, Sarah. All right. And we have another. And this is 418306. 418306. Who's got it? There we go, Miss Judy O'Shields. Come on down. All right. 418-276. Well, there you go, Miss Phyllis. All right. Which, which one do you want? There's a... Um, will you grab it for? That's my kind of lady right there. That, that's what I would have grabbed. Well, I would have got the 50 and then loaded the card, but... Some of y'all don't understand that terminology. <laughs> For those that do, you got my joke. 418342. 418342. Come on, Miss Nancy. Come on down. All right, all right. All right. Uh oh. She's seeing that TJ Maxx. She's on her way to get it. <laughs> she loves that stuff. Just kidding. I don't care. Four one eight two nine six, and I was right. Four one eight two nine six. Miss Sheila Thal, come on down. Uh oh, Sheila's thinking about the Ulta Beauty. She's like, Lord, let me grab it. Pastor's reading minds today. All right. She did it just so I'd be wrong. Wait. Oh, she went to TJ Maxx. 418-326. 418-326. If a man gets up, I'm going to make you sit down. 418-326. Come on down. There's a choice of two right there. Bath and body and altar, whichever one you want. There you go. Last one, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Four one eight three three two. You get a twenty-five dollar bath and body. Works. There you go. There we go. Good job. Good job. All right, guys. Let's give them a hand clap. So today we honor every one of you. Today is Mother's Day. No, I am not preaching a Mother's Day sermon, but I can tell you this. We honor you today. We love you. We were glad to bless you today. I wish we could give a gift card to everybody here, but this is kind of the way we do things. But congratulations to all those that have won. And for those mothers out there that got that beautiful boy or girl, you've already won, right? God bless you guys today. If you'd like to, let's stand back up together. Lord, we lift you in this place.
Lord, we glorify you. We magnify you, O Lord Jesus. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, he is my song, and you are good.
Thank you, Lord. Let's just lift him together. Lift him up. Face to 
lift him up together, church. Hallelujah. 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 Continue to worship. Praise the Lord. Thank you for everything. Can we give him a hand clap this morning? Amen. Good job. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. Thank y'all so much. I have a card I want to read right before we get into the word this morning with uh, appreciation and asking God to bless you for your thoughtfulness and your kindness, your generous heart. Thank you so much for your thoughts and prayers during the passing of my brother. Thank you also for the meal that was provided. We really appreciate it. And this is Leslie and Amanda and the rest of the Greeno family. Our prayers are continued with you as well, this family. Um, Leslie lost his brother um, unexpectedly just a few weeks back. And so I'm um, praying for you, buddy, praying for your family, believing God's going to touch you. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. We've come to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords today. Can I get an amen if you agree with that? Um, I am, um, <clears throat> I was studying um, just Friday and um, the Lord really began to just birth something in my spirit that I couldn't, I couldn't get rid of. And um, it's kind of a simple title, but... God can cross up the devil's setup. That's what I can't get rid of today. Amen. Somebody needs to know this, that God can cross up the devil's setup in your life. Amen. I want to go to the book of Genesis, and I want, I want to start at verse 8. I could read um, verses 1 through 20 if um, time would permit me, but I, I don't want to use that much time this morning. Uh, then Israel saw Joseph's son and said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, These are my sons whom God has given me in this place. And he said, Please bring them to me and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age so that he could not see. Then Joseph, he brought them near to him. He kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought, I love this, this scripture here, it's just so good. I had not thought I would see your face, but in fact God has also showed me your offspring. I didn't think I was going to see you again. You remember the coat of many colors, thought he was dead by a wild beast. I didn't think I was going to see you again, but God has not only allowed me to see you, God's allowed me to see your children and my grandchildren. What a blessing. So Joseph brought them from beside his knees and he bowed them down with his face to the earth. Joseph took them both, watch the wording, Ephraim with his right hand toward Israel's what? Left hand. And Manasseh with his left hand towards Israel's right hand. All right? Left, right hand. These are very, very wor words that we need to grab today. There's a left hand of blessing. There's a right hand of blessing. And he brought them near. Then Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hands, what? Knowingly. What does that mean? He did it on purpose. It was not a mistake. Nothing God does is a mistake, folks. When God starts working and you think, what's going on? God's messed up. He hasn't. There's a plan. You may not know it. You may not see it. But Jacob knew what he was doing. And knowingly, he begins to do this. For Manasseh was the firstborn. Now when Joseph saw, verse 17, that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. So he took hold of his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. Is everybody still with me? This is powerful stuff here. When God puts his hand of favor on you, 
People may try to move it, but they can't. And Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father, for this one over here, your right hand, he's the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son. He also shall become a people, and he shall be great. God's going to bless him. But truly, his younger brother over here on the left side shall be greater than he and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day, saying, By you Israel will bless, saying, May God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And thus he said, Ephraim before Manasseh. Now I need y'all to grab this. It's like we're having a baby dedication, alright? And we're going to have Denver and Stone on the same Sunday. Right? And we get ready to pray the prayer of blessing and I got Stone on my left hand. He's the younger brother. And I've got Denver on the right hand. You understand? A blessing. And I get ready to do the prayer of dedication. And I do something awkward and strange. Because typically, I mean, I preach revivals. You just run down the line like this. You just slap two people at a time. It works great. <laughs> Very seldom do you see an evangelist talking about, Bless them, Jesus! So I take my right hand of blessing. I put it on baby stone. I take my left hand of blessing. And I throw it on Denver. This is the picture that the text is showing us today. In this story, I know that Jacob is blind or he can't see very well. How many of you know what I'm talking about? With age, it gets bad. I went to the eye doctor. I do wear contacts. I wear glasses from time to time when my allergies get to acting up. And I go to the eye doctor. I'm turning 40 years old. I'm already depressed about that. I don't need any more depression in my life at this time. But I go to the eye doctor and he says, between the ages of 40 and 48, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you're going to be reading stuff and you're going to start pulling it back. This guy who claims to be a preacher too, no, he really is. I just said that jokingly. I look at him and said, where's your faith? I said, don't, don't talk that over my life. I'm going to be just fine. I'm doing great. <laughs> yeah, right. Y'all know it. You start pulling it back because with age, the eyes grow more dim. Jacob has reached a place that he can't even, I guess you could call it legally blind, maybe is where he, where he is. And, and when it came time to lay his hand on the older son, as tradition would have it, Sometimes we get carried away with our traditions. Sometimes God wants us to throw our traditions in the dumpster. Sometimes, I mean, the way it's always been is not the way it always should be. And just because it worked back then does not mean it works now. It is like Jimmy Purdue going down the road. I have enough trouble getting places now as it is. It's like me whipping out the old map and telling the family, I got this under control. Y'all just sit back and relax. There's no telling where we're going to end up. Tradition may have it that the map's the best thing that's ever been created. Tradition may say, you whip out the old map, the map's not going to lead you wrong. But I got GPS, baby. And tradition, I don't care if the map was traditional. I'm waiting for Siri in an Australian voice to tell me to turn right in 200 feet. That's what I need in my life. Tradition. See, Jesus stirred up the Pharisees when he came in. And they kept saying, well, our father Abraham did it this way. And Jesus said, I'm sick of hearing about Abraham. 
Who cares the way Abraham did? Oh, but Moses, he wrote the law and this is the way that we're supposed to do this. And God said there's something better than the law. Grace has come. The blood of Jesus Christ is now here. Tradition is not always the best way. But tradition said the older brother gets the greater blessing. The younger brother gets the lesser blessing. But Jacob does something strange after the boys were positioned. He takes the oldest on Jacob's right, the youngest on his left. But, but surprisingly, he crossed his hands and laid the right hand of blessing upon the younger son and the left hand of lesser blessing upon the older son. This is a shadow of what Jesus Christ would do on the cross for us one day, ladies and gentlemen, when he crossed up man's plans, when he crossed up the plans that Satan had. See, Satan's plans for the... You remember the thief on the cross? You know what his plans were for that man? He had been a guy that had done bad things. He was a guy that didn't deserve to live. He was rightfully on that cross. He was supposed to die. And he was supposed to die a shameful death. Nobody has mercy on this thief. He is stolen from them. He doesn't deserve mercy. He doesn't deserve grace. And the devil's laughing thing. And this guy is about to come home to me. But all of a sudden on the cross, Jesus crossed up the plans of the devil. The setup that Satan had made for that thief. All of a sudden, God brought a blessing on him that he wasn't expecting. When he said, this day, you're going to be with me in paradise instead of an eternity in hell. Likewise we We too were in sin We were the ones that were required to pay For the price of our sins We did it But Jesus crossed up all the devil's plans For my life And he took our sins upon himself He paid for it with the price Of his own blood And the devil stood there And couldn't do a thing about it It is powerful this is an example of how God does not look or consider the same things that we look at or we consider. God looks at the heart. He does not look at the outward. Not only does he look at my heart, but he knows the plans that he has for my life. Listen, God is not going to bless the people that you may think he's going to bless. Just ask Eliab in the story of David. When Samuel the prophet comes and he's wanting to anoint a king and he finds Eliab who's a head taller than all the other ones and, and he's a greater man of war. He's bigger in stature. He's older. He's more mature. And God says to Samuel, Samuel, you are looking at the outward appearance. I don't look at the outside. What I look at is the heart of a man. Are there any more sons? Well, there's this ruddy boy named David down yonder in the pasture. If you want us to get David, we can call him. He stays out here playing his harp all day long and writing songs. I don't know if he, he's really kingly material. But when he showed up immediately, God crossed up the plan and said, Wait a minute. Eliab may look like he's the son of favor. He may look like he's the son of blessing. But I'm about to cross my hands and I'm going to lay it on the younger son. I'm going to lay it on David. The anointing is coming upon his life. This is my man. God is raising up a group of people that may seem unlikely to be used. But I'm telling you that God is going to give them power, unknown power 
it is to a generation of young people that will dare to call on the name of Jesus Christ that he is going to pour out the oil of his spirit and his anointing with the fire of the Holy Ghost the work of the kingdom is going to go on and nobody expected God to use you but guess what God's going to do anyhow he's going to use you Friday I, I, was, I was studying and I thought to myself little six smile what can God do with little six smile is that a good thought so I got spiritual and looked up John chapter 1 verse 46 I want to read this verse to you this is talking about when Jesus is about to be born right or, or, or he's already been born I'm sorry and Jesus is about to be raised up Messiah. He's choosing out the, the disciples. One of the other disciples that Jesus has talked to says, Go get Nathaniel, his brother, and says, You need to let him know the Messiah's here. And Nathaniel said to him, This is the response he gets Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good happen? In, I mean, it's just a small town. You mean to tell me that that small little town is going to produce the Messiah? This small little town, you're telling me the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the line of the tribe of Judah, is coming from little Nazareth? To which Philip replies, you ought to just come and see. Wouldn't it be great if God could take little six miles South Carolina and the power of God fall in this place in a way that people are saying there is no way that in little six mile? How could that happen in six mile? Let me tell you, I want to just look at them and say, come and see. Because that's the good things that my God does for his people. He will take the unlikely. He will take the ones that seem the lesser. And he will give them a greater blessing than even they can imagine that's the God that we serve. So there may be some in the building today. You may feel like someone else is ahead of you, right? Like the order. <laughs> the order. The, the, I call it the dealing of the cards. Maybe the cards that have been dealt are against you, right? The odds are against you. You didn't have the best raising. You don't have the most resources, for some, there have been limitations that have been put on them. Not of their own doing, not of their own desire. Some of them were born into bad homes, right? I spend every single week in our school system, public school systems, every single week of my life on Thursday, I am in our school systems. And I'm telling you, I see, oh God, I see the results of fatherless homes all the time. I see the result of a lack of a mother being in the home. I see it every single week of my life. And I think to myself, God help them. They don't even have a chance. I say that sometimes. I leave that school sometimes thinking to myself, they don't have a fighting chance to be anything. There's no way. How can they, how can they achieve greatness when they don't have a mother or a father that is patting them on the back saying, You can do it, son. You can do it, girl. How did they succeed when they have nobody pouring into their life and training them and teaching them? How do they succeed? But I'm telling you something today, even though they haven't chosen it, 
No matter what men have set up for you or set up for them. I'm preaching about a God that knows how to interrupt all of those plans. He can cross up the setup that has been brought against them. And he can do the same thing for you. God knows how to cross up the devil's setup and confuse and confound the enemy. And leave the devil saying, my gosh, what happened there? Let me hurry. Watch this. Nobody can take what God says is yours. I want you to think about that for a minute. Nobody can take away what God says is yours. You know, we function in life, and I'm going to tell you, it's just a, it's modern culture, but, but we have functioned according to how people have labeled us. People that we don't even know have influence over us. Why? I can't figure it out. Why do we care? But all oh, that flesh in us we do. Sometimes it just bothers us. What Karen thinks. What Johnny thinks. It bothers us. Johnny isn't our boss. All Johnny does is empty the coffee filters in the break room. Why do we care what Johnny thinks about it if our boss is happy? If Jesus is happy, why do we care? We allow people to label us and put a tag on us and put a limitation on us. They label you and they tell you, you just stay in your place. Or, or a better terminology for more modern culture would be get in your lane, man. And they tell you, you can go so far. You can become so much. God, God's going to use other people to do this. You can't achieve that. But let me tell you, they may think, oh, he won't use you. You're an unlikely candidate. You're the lesser of the best. You're not good enough because of your background or where you come from. You can't be a preacher because of your circumstances you're going through. You can't do anything. The enemy may try to convince you. Other people may try to convince you that you are a second son or a lesser son. Stay in the background. But what you need to understand is that I'm preaching about a God today that is crossing his hands for you. I'm telling somebody, you know, I'm, God's going to do it. God's going to bless you. And I'm telling you, that there's people in this church today. I'm going to say it this way. There are people in this church today. You can reach people that I'll never reach. Does that make you feel better today? Does that make you feel better that there are people that you can witness to and be more effective with than your pastor can be? And that's the truth. I'm going to tell you something. If somebody come to me talking about, man, I'm having a problem with drugs. All right, the most drug I ever took was melatonin. And they work pretty doggone good when you take five of them. Now I'm just playing. <laughs> somebody come to me talking about, man, I'm in on this drug. I can't get away from it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to grab a Bible. And I'm going to well, I'm going to take you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, you just hold on. I know it's in here somewhere. I'm going to find that thing now. Let me, let, me, I'll, let me read this verse to you. This is powerful right here. Really? But it makes a difference when a guy can sit down with him and say, you know what? I was addicted to that same drug for five years and it about pulled me down. It about destroyed my family. But let me tell you what I did. God crossed his hand in my life and God blessed me. I didn't think it could happen. I thought I was a lesser son. I thought I was less than. But God came and showed up and blessed me. And now I'm a son of favor. If God did it for me, he can do it for you. It's a setup from the enemy. Don't let him succeed. 
that means more than give me another sermon or read a Bible verse to me with no experience whatsoever. So for those that feel lesser than today, I've come to tell you, nobody can take away what God says is yours. You're not going to be what people say you are when he crosses his hands. You're not even going to be what you think you are. There's one thing that I, rem that I learned years ago, and you need to learn it too, and that is that promotion does not come from men. Promotion comes from the Lord. Somebody said, Pastor, I've been wanting that promotion on my job. I, I just don't think I'm qualified. Hush right now. Could I use the term, shut up? Or would that be too aggressive? I've said it, I can't take it back. Hush up. That's a better, there we go. We got a median ground. Hush up. Don't say that about yourself. Because when God crosses his hand and when favor comes on your life and blessing comes on your life, you're going to do things you didn't even know you could do. You're going to have favor on you in such a way that you're going to take that promotion. You're going to grow into that position. You're going to do a great job. And when you get there, I want you to remember, it wasn't a man that got you there. It was the hand of God. Promotion comes from the Lord. He'll set up those he wants. He'll take down those that get too high. Never forget that. Doesn't matter how many grease their palms to make it step on you on the way up. When God says enough is enough and the hand of blessing comes on you, He knows how to turn the blessing. He knows how to take the curse of men, the curse of the enemy. And turn it into a blessing for your life. This blessing is yours. When God says promotion is yours. When God says healing is yours. When God says deliverance is yours. Let man say whatever he wants about me. Let the devil say and do whatever he wants to do to me. But God said it and it is so. Nobody can take it away. And the church said amen. All right. So God gives you a new position. You're not limited by circumstances. You're not limited by your past. You're not limited by what people labeled you or called you, all right? He will say, you have a chance. I've raised you up. I've anointed you. And you've got to believe that I know what I'm doing. He'll allow you to, to do things beyond your ability. God does it to me every single week of my life. He does through me what I cannot do by myself. Now, I'm going to give you three things really, really quick, and i, I got to go. Three things that happen when Jacob crosses these hands. The first thing, he broke the flow of paternity. He changed things up the way it was supposed to be. Our Father influences us all, whether good or whether bad. There are people in here today that are marred by their Father. There are people in here today that you are who you are, and you are blessed because of your Father. The father's influence is important. Even our mother's influence as we celebrate mothers today is also an influence in our life that is so vital and so important. But when you were born, I want you to think about this. Now, I know you were born, your mom was the one that birthed you and all that kind of stuff. But when you were born, you were born a child of the devil. Don't everybody shout at once. You wrote my message. To put it in the terms that you can receive better, when you were born, you were born into sin. Now, we teach the age of accountability. We don't teach it if you had a one-year-old kid and they died, they're going to hell. We don't teach that. 
We believe the grace of God covers him. We believe in the age of accountability. But once a man or a woman or a young kid comes to the place that they truly know right from wrong and understand it, been taught there's a heaven, there's a hell, Jesus came to save you. At that point, they have to make a choice whether they're going to follow Christ or whether they're going to follow the world. At that point, they become accountable to God for their actions. Can I get an amen? Is everybody still with me? So, so here we've got a child that is born a child of the devil. But when you were born again, what did you become? You became a child of the Father in heaven. The first time you were born, your name went into the book of death. Satan had plans for you in that book. I mean, he had plans for you. As a matter of fact, he said, I want to keep them bound in the sin that they were born into. That's the plans that the book of death has for you. But the moment you were saved, your book, you left the book of death and you went into the Lamb's book of life. That is why if your father's an alcoholic, guess what? You don't have to be because God breaks those trends and tendencies by the power of Christ. Those familiar spirits that have been passed down from generation to generation, guess what? They are broken. God says, I cut all that off. I adopt you. I've made you heirs with the Father. Join heirs with my son, Jesus Christ. Now we call him Abba, Father. Secondly, he transferred the order of birth. That means when God crosses his hands, he matures you. That means you better get ready. God is going to grow you into the position. He is going to promote not the most likely candidate, not the most likely to succeed that you went to school with and he got on your nerves all the time. He is going to enable you to do these things in ways you never thought possible. He changed, thirdly, the recipient of the blessing. The one that we thought was going to get everything is the one that got the lesser. The one that we thought would get the lesser is the one that got the greater. Let me wrap it up with this. Don't let anybody tell you that you cannot do it. That's simple, that's simple preaching right there. That's simple mom and dad talk with their child. Don't let anybody tell you you cannot there was one thing that I loved about Michael Jordan was somebody tell him he can't, he would. And he would show them. He would stand at, free, free, uh, at the free throw line and he would tell Matumbo, he'd say, this one's for you, baby, and he'd close his eyes and he'd make the free throw with his eyes closed. Just to show them, you think I can't, but I want you to know I can. And I'm telling somebody in this house today, you have listened to people long enough. You have listened to the voice of the enemy long enough that says you can't, you can't, you can't. It is time for somebody to recognize what I'm preaching to you today. That God is crossing up the setup that the devil has put in your life. I need somebody to understand today. You need to be like the old story, Thomas, that little train that's going up that hill. And you need to quit saying, oh, everybody else said I can't. And you need to start saying, I think I can, I think I can. Until you finally get the courage to say I know I can do this I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength don't ever let anybody keep you from heights that you don't think you can attain God's going to take you to heights unknown so let me leave you with this so Jesus is God's firstborn only begotten son here he is the day is Calvary Golgotha the place of the skull I want you to think of this this is powerful he is bleeding. He is dying. God crossed his hands on that day, yes, even with his own son. 
Are you ready for this? While he is on this cross, this is what God said. I am going to take his righteousness. And I am going to put his blessing on dirty old, oh yeah, the lesser sons, the left side. I'm going to take his righteousness. And I am going to place the blessing on dirty, you don't deserve it. You're a dirty, low-down dog. Your righteousness is as filthy rags, but God is going to do that. He said, I am going to take his help and his healing, and he's in good shape. Tip, I mean, top notch. There ain't nothing wrong with this guy, but I am going to take his help, and I'm going to take his healing, and I am going to shift the blessing, and I'm going to put it on you, and I'm going to declare over your life, I feel the Holy Ghost, that by my stripes you are healed. There is a shift that is taking place. I'm going to take everything wicked that you've ever done. All of your wickedness. All of your sins. And I am going to do a shift. And I am going to place every one of them on my son. Can y'all believe this? This is what happened at Calvary's Hill. It's on my innocent son. I am going to cross my hands at the cross. And I am going to put everything good on you. And I am going to put everything bad and every sin on him. When I was studying the other day, I just stopped and said, wow, just wow. And I said, I said it out loud. I said, God, I am absolutely in awe right now. I am awestruck that on Calvary. And see, I know what happened. I know what happened. Because the devil had a setup in place. The devil had already said, I'm going to put him away. I'm going to put him in the grave. I'm going to keep him in there. But God made a shift on that day and the devil couldn't do anything about it. And that's exactly what God's doing for you now. Oh my God, have mercy. Nobody expects you to be holy and righteous. Nobody may not believe you can do great things, but I'm telling you that Jesus has placed his hands on you. The hand of authority. Will you get that thing off? The hand of authority and the hand of anointing. And now in the name of Jesus and by the power of Jesus, you are now able to speak to demons and they listen. In the name and the authority of Jesus because of the cross up that happened that day on Calvary's Hill, I'm telling you, you have power like you cannot imagine. You've got things that you should dream and you should dream bigger because Jesus Jesus did something on that day. He blessed the lesser. That's us. I'm going to leave you with this. I'm leaving. Go to the piano, keyboards, whatever you want to go to. I'm closing with this. I'm closing with this. I don't know about you, but I thank God today. I thank God for the goodness of God that is on my life. I have to say to you today. That God has crossed his hands on my life so many times. I don't have to live in fear of judgment anymore. Of what other people say about me or what other people think about me. I know God crossed his hands for me. They can talk about me. They can call me compromise. They can call me whatever they want. That's the name they've tried to label me with. But the, you know what? I don't care. Because I know the hand of favor has touched me. Are you, are you listening to what I'm telling you today? I am not 
You should not allow those labels to stay attached to your life. If it were up to other people, they'd have chosen somebody else. I'm telling you, if we were to go back to my youth, my home church, yeah, they'd pick somebody else. I promise you I wouldn't be the guy in this pulpit today. They'd have had somebody else, one of their boys, that did what they said and lived like they thought they should live. I wouldn't be the guy up here. I'd be the most unlikely of the candidates. It's not that I'm special, but somehow I caught the attention of God. I think sometime maybe it was Mama. We on Mother's Day, maybe it was Mama that prayed and caught the attention of God. And God decided, I'm going to use that guy. I'm, I'm going to cross my hands. He doesn't deserve it. He's not worthy of it. But it happens. This God of heaven, he breaks man-made limitations. He breaks the normal flow of things. He breaks the normal expectancy of what other people think is going to happen. And God says, I've got greater things for you than you could ever imagine. Take my favor. Take my blessing. This is it. I'm closing with this. The setup versus the cross up. Daniel, you cannot pray to anybody but King Darius. If you pray to another God, this is a new law. If you pray to another God, you are going to get thrown into the lion's den, boy. The devil smiles and says, I know Daniel can't quit praying. That guy's a Christian. He's a real Christian. He opens his windows. He does everything like he's always done it. And guess what? The day came that the nosy people, the religious people, the traditional people came by and said, Oh, hey, hey, is that? Oh, don't have, we can't take selfies. Let's get some witnesses. Get about six of us over here. Look, look, there'll be six of us. Don't y'all see him praying? Let's go, let's go tattletale and tell the king. The setup of the enemy was in action. The devil thought this thing is over. He's going to die. But then the cross-up happens. Woo, I feel like shouting today. And all of a sudden, a shift in the atmosphere. And a hand of favor falls on Daniel. Oh, King, live forever. Yeah, I got thrown in here. But my God has sent an angel. He sent an angel and he shut the mouth of the lion. God crossed up the devil's setup. I got David. Now, son, you just take bread and cheese down there. That's all you need. He's already been anointed king. Samuel's already said it. This is the guy. Israel has a king in there that's in witchcraft. He just went to the witch of Endor, all right? This guy's bad news. God has rejected him. The people of God are suffering because of him. You just take this bread and cheese, go down there to your brothers, see what's going on in the battlefield. It's a setup. Because the devil knows this guy's got some spunk about him. They ain't no way that little David's going to go down there and just allow the enemy 
to talk and to talk about God's people and God like that. There's no way. So what I'll do, I'll put him on the battlefield. Oh, I know he can't resist it. So if I can get him on the battlefield, that giant is going to kill him. The dreams are crushed. The plan of God is crushed. The king Saul can stay in position. There'll never be an anointed king, David. I'll show God. But all of a sudden, the cross-up began to happen. The favor of God... I got brothers that are saying, David, go back home, you nosy little runt. I've got kings that don't even know what the anointing is anymore. Saying, you don't need to fight this giant man. He's a man of war. You're just a ruddy little shepherd boy. Put on these garments. Yeah, I don't want nothing to do with that mess. I go to him in the name. You come to me with spears and sword. All of a sudden the cross up happens. But I come to you in the name of the Lord. He knocks him down with one stone. And God said go get his sword. Cut his head off. Walk in the camp. And tell them that God can still cross up the setup of the devil. You let them know it, boy. The setup. Three Hebrew boys, you cannot bow to no other God but this statue, much like that that Daniel has to experience. You worship when the trumpets blow, the trombone sound, the cymbals are clinging and a clanging, and you bow down and you worship this golden image that has been set up for the king. But on that day, Satan's thinking, oh man, this is getting good. They won't bow. These are real Christians. They won't be influenced. They're not going to be labeled. They're not going to be hindered by what they think about them. And here I got three boys standing up tall and straight as they can. Bring them to me. Satan's laughing. Hey, heat up that fire seven more times. And Satan, boy, he's just drooling at the mouth, rubbing his hand. They couldn't have survived the first time, but now, seven times hotter, this is the best setup I've ever had. Everything is going in my favor. And about that time, the men are going to throw them in, and some of them fall over dead. And the devil thinks, my goodness, if they can't even get near the fire, they certainly can't survive the fire. A cross-up starts happening. And the hand of God touches three Hebrew boys. Are they gone? Or are they dead? But the king stands up and says, wait a minute. I gotta tell you, there's a there's a cross-up that's happened. Something is wrong. Because now there's four men in the fire, and the fourth man looks like the son of God. Job, I'll take his cattle, I'll take his sheep. I'll take his stuff. Oh, this is a good setup. If I take their material things, they won't want to serve God. The only reason Job serves God, the accusation of the devil in the very beginning before it even started, is the reason he serves you is because you blessed him. The reason he serves you is because of this wall, this hedge you put around him. 
Everything he touches is blessed. Everything he does is blessed. The favor is all over him. And all of a sudden, the cross up begins to happen from the setup. And God touched him. He falls on his face. And Satan thinks that's it. He's going down for the last time. But he heard some words he didn't expect when he fell on the ground. And he said, praise the Lord. The Lord gives and the Lord has taken away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, I'll take his children from him. And so he takes his children from him. But guess what happens? He begins to worship again. And he says, you know what? I know that my Redeemer is still living. And he's still alive. And the devil cannot have it all. God's going to bless me. And my hand of favor shifted. And he walked away with two times a double portion. What he had them before. This is it. This is it. Manasseh and Ephraim. Joseph is sitting here. And all of a sudden, the hands begin to shift. The prayer is fixing to be prayed. Joseph grabs the hand and says, No, Father, that's the wrong one. Come over here. This is the son of blessing. This is the eldest. Give him the blessing. When I read that, I had an epiphany that I haven't really had before. If anybody could recognize the cross up, it should have been Joseph. How could he miss it? God had done it for him so many times, he should have known what was happening. The setup will throw him in a pit. We're jealous of this guy. He thinks he's some kind of great guy because he can interpret dreams. Who does he think? What's going to become of the dreamer now? Throw him in the pit, let him die. But the cross up happens. And God said, no, 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 not yet. There's a band of Ishmaelites on the way. They buy him. They take him to Potiphar's house. The favor of God. I don't deserve it. Watch. He gets in the Potiphar's house. This is, this is something else. So Satan says, i got to set him up. He's blessed. Everything he does is blessed. Everything he touches at Potiphar's house is blessed. Potiphar has given him rights to everything. He's basically in control of the house. So I'm going to work through that, Jezebel. And I'm going to set him up. I'm going to make her scream rape. If she can do that... I can set this guy up. He'll never get out. Potiphar's a man of power. And sure enough, on that day, rape! Rape! Joseph freaks out, runs out of the house. Man, I'm not doing anything. I'm innocent. But she keeps his cloak. This is the evidence. When Potiphar gets home, even though he loves Joseph so much, you're going to jail, boy! How dare you touch my beautiful wife. I told you you could have everything but her. But what he doesn't maybe know at the time is it's a cross up. 
God is actually placing him in the prison. I need to tell somebody in this house today, there's some things in your life that may happen and you may think to yourself, oh my gosh, the devil's doing this, the devil's doing this, but it may be God. Because of what's coming next. So he gets in the prison. Favor's there. Everything's going good. The blessings of God are all over him. He finds, he finds some kind of a relationship with the prison keeper. And the prison keeper says, you know what? I'm going on break, Joseph. Would you watch the others while I'm gone? He promotes a prisoner to watch the prisoners. Go explain that. I can. I can. It's favor. So the setup is if I can get his hopes up, Satan does this all the time. If I can get his hopes up, then I will crush him. If someone believes a miracle's on the way, they can taste it. They can feel it. They can see it. It's right there. It's right there. If I can just give him something to dream about, and then I can just crush it in front of his face, oh, he'll never recover. So that night, a butler and a baker, I know I got to hurry, but please let me get this out. I'm begging y'all, give me two more minutes. A butler and a baker have a dream. And when they have this dream, they come and say, hey, we had a dream. We don't understand it. I'm not going to make it long. But they said, there's a God that can interpret dreams. His name's Joseph. So they tell him his dreams. The power of God comes upon him, the favor of God. He begins to tell them, this is what it means. This is what's going to happen. The baker's going to die. The butler's going to live. But he looks at the butler and he says this word. But when you get out, would you please remember me in this jail cell? Please, that's all I ask. But the butler forgot Joseph. The setup is back in motion. The devil thinks I've got him now. He is crushed. His dreams and his hopes of getting out of this hellhole, they are gone. But guess what God did? God said, I'm going to the head of the head. I am going to the king. I'm going to the Pharaoh. He's going to have a dream. His magicians and sorcerers are going to be confounded at the dream. They cannot tell him what it is. The devil won't know. He won't solve the riddle. And all of a sudden, the butler remembered Joseph. And he says, Joseph, he can do it. Hey, let me tell you about Joseph. And you know the rest of this history. He comes. He tells the king exactly what it was. And that day, he found favor with the king. God brought him out of that mess. He's second in command. And I'm telling you, he saved his brothers. He saved his father that's sitting here in this room blind now. He should have known what was happening. It was the hand of God. Let's stand. This is it. I want to ask y'all something today. I want to ask you something. I know I've been longer than normal. If it's your first time, I normally preach about 35, so if I've been long, please forgive me. But you don't understand. When you're a pastor and this stuff's on you, you got to get it out. And I ain't taking it home with you. 
Listen, man. How many times, Angie, has God done that for you? How many times, Byron, has the hand of God just said, ah, that's not the way it's going to be? I want to ask you one more question. Do you need him to do it again? That's what I want to know today. Do you find yourself in a situation that you're in the crosshairs of the enemy and you have been set up by the enemy and he is trying to destroy you? He's trying to change the plans that you thought God had for your life. I came to tell you today with a burden on my heart, it's about to happen. I heard from God Friday, and that's all that God wanted me to tell you today, is that the devil's setup is about to experience God's cross-up. And when it happens, there is nothing that anybody can do about it. The enemy is going to grab the hand of God, Byron. He's going to fight against it, my brother. He's going to try to stop it with everything he can. But he's not going to be able to. Oh, your spirit lives within me. So I will walk in your peace. Your spirit. Your it's my victory, my victory, my victory. Oh, your spirit lives within me, so I will walk in your peace. Your spirit. If you need God to do it for you, these altars are open right now. These altars are open right now. Let God cross up the setup of the enemy. The Lord has spoken to you today. The word of the Lord has come upon you. What you do within is up to you. But I'm telling you, if you will believe, there's a God in heaven that's about to change this land. There's a God in heaven that's about to shift the atmosphere just for you. Your spirit lives within me, so 
I want you to lift your hand this way. Thank you, Benny, for that testimony today. I want to give him an opportunity to praise Jesus. I want you to lift your hand this way, and we're going to pray together and believe that God can touch him today. Father, we pray for Benny today. We anoint a prayer cloth for him that he can take with him, and we also anoint and pray for him. You are a healer today. There is nothing that you cannot do. I have read your Bible as I preach today. I'm asking you to take the setup of the enemy, and I'm asking you to cross up that plan. I'm asking you to put your hand of favor on him. I'm asking you to put a hand of healing on him. I'm asking you to take all of those stripes that you bore for us. Isaiah said that by your stripes, we are healed. And so today, we claim that over our brother in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. The name above every other name, Jesus, we call on you to touch our brother and to bring healing to him. And he will praise you for it. He will declare the works of the Lord. He will give you glory. It is not for our glory. It is for your glory in the name of Jesus. Lord, bless your children today. Bless your people today. Let them understand right now the hand of God is working for them. The hand of God is changing their situation right now. If they'll just believe it, the devil cannot succeed. Every weapon that is formed against us shall not prosper. And we declare it so. And the people of God shouted amen in this house today. Grab you a ticket for one dollar on the way out. Bryce is going to have them. Buy as many as you want. Go ahead and play that music. Sing if you want. God bless you today.